Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that your salvation is for all of us, that your goodness is shed upon all of us. The sun rises and sets, the rain falls on all of us. We thank you for your mercy. And we simply ask, Lord, that you would teach us Continue to give us clarity about this profound word that you've given to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of my life, I have been an athlete. One that plays sports. I did track, basketball, a number of volleyball. And now I've picked up a little bit of running. But basketball, basketball was my thing. And for many years, what would happen is my right foot would jam into my tennis shoe, my basketball shoe. Every time I would play, I would always get injured, and I'd get, and I'd get injured in the same place every single time. 
And so for years, I would just suck up the pain and I would play. And I had no idea why it only happened to my right foot and not to my left foot. And so finally, after 20 plus years, just two years ago, I decided since I had started training, I was training for a half marathon, I need to get some proper shoes for this. This is, these are, this too many miles to be bruised for. <laughs> so I went and I got a, fit, I got a fitting, I got fitted. And they did this 3D model of my foot. You stand on this scanner and it scans your foot and it gives you the shape and the outline and everything. And I came to discover, after all of these years of pain, that my right foot was bigger than my left foot. I had no idea. <laughs> Maybe everyone should get a 3D scanning. And I realized, wow, if only I had had this clarity sooner. I could have bought shoes that fit both feet. <laughs> or I could have figured out a better solution. I could have made space. But this, this idea of clarity, if I could use one word to describe the book of Acts and a majority of the New Testament, I would say the word clarity. Why? Let me show you. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, this centurion, this Roman, he was a devout man. He honored God. He donated his, donated his goods and funds to the poor, praying regularly. All of a sudden, while he was praying, an angel comes to him. He says, Cornelius. He says, what, Lord? What, what, what brings you? <laughs> And the angel told him to call a man named Simon Peter and bring him and he will show you the way of salvation. He will teach you. Simultaneously, while Cornelius is having this vision, Peter is having another vision. And God is preparing Peter to meet Cornelius. Very interesting. If you have your Bibles or digital Bibles, I'm in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse one says this. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of, of, of prey and reptiles and birds of the air, and I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord. For nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to from Caesarea. And here's verse 12. And the spirit told me, to go with them. 
and the Spirit told me. We've been doing this series entitled The Life of the World, and we've been talking about the aftermath of the resurrection and ascension. Since Easter, the death, resurrection, ascension, and now what? Now we see the story of the, the disciples, the apostles, and their ministry. And it says here that as Peter is relaying this story of what happened to him, this vision and why he was engaging with these uncircumcised men, he tells them, and the Spirit told me. One result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the ascension was the clarification of who is the leader in the work and mission of God. The clarification of who is the leader in God's mission. And the Spirit told me. Peter was under the instruction of the Spirit of God. If you do a quick read uh, of the book of Acts, you may come away, if it's a quick read, you may come away thinking that the apostles were the main leaders in the early church. That is false. They were some of the leaders. Peter, Saul turned Paul, Philip, all of the apostles were subject to the direction of the Spirit of God. In fact, when you read the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5, it says, and while staying with, with them, this is Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He said, wait, stay here until you receive the Spirit. If the Spirit doesn't come, don't move. The apostles were to wait. They were not to leave Jerusalem without first the baptism of the Spirit of God. But Jesus actually had already told them something like this in the Gospels. He told them that it was actually advantageous if he left so that the Spirit of God would come to them. Why? Because there was so much more that Jesus wanted to tell them, wanted to teach the disciples about the kingdom of heaven, about the, the practical logistics of what it looks like to partner with God in, in, in the recovery of the world. But there's not enough time in three and a half years. Three and a half years of Jesus' public ministry to say and teach everything, it couldn't be encompassed in that time. So he said, wait for the Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. He will continue to lead you. So Jesus told them, when the Spirit of truth, truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Even he says, I still have many things to say to you in John 16, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We're building here. By Jesus saying this, we understand 
that the apostles during Jesus' day and during the time of the early church did not know everything about the mission of God and exactly what it looked like. They didn't know. They're on this journey. And the book of Acts begins showing the process of the leading of the apostles by the Spirit of God, showing them the ways of truth, a fuller revelation of what this plan of salvation looks like and their part in it. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. You see, the way that God works, the pattern that you'll begin to notice about God is that he doesn't give you more than you can bear. He gives you a little bit by a little bit, a little at a time. He leads you a little at a time, step by step, until you have no idea but you wind up on a pulpit in Manhattan preaching to people. He leads you a little bit at a time. He doesn't lead you beyond your capacity to follow. This is a pattern of God. Is that Alexis? Wow, you guys, this is amazing. I'm sorry, I had to, <laughs> I, I need to look closer at who else is in this audience. Just, some prize for Alexis, can you wave? This is a good friend of mine from high school, guys. All the way uh, from Michigan, but now she lives in New York. Hi. <laughs> I had to, I, that's amazing. Thank you for coming. I was saying that God leads us a little bit at a time. When I was teaching, I was a teacher previously, for those who don't know, and I was, I was doing my student teaching in a second grade classroom. And... Most of my students, most of my 33, 34 uh, uh, students in my class, they were pretty low at their reading and their writing. So I had to take it one step at a time. And so the first day, as we did our journal writing, the first assignment, put your name in the top right-hand corner, put the date, and title your journal day one, second grade. So I go around and you get credit for that. Let me give you a stamp if you were able to complete that for today. And then the next day, we build on that. Put your name, date, we've already done that, put the title. Now, tell me your favorite food. I like pizza. Or macaroni and cheese. And put, make sure you add your period at the end of that. And then the next day, Make sure your eyes are capitalized if they're by themselves. And then the next day, why don't you give me two sentences? And then three sentences. And little by little till before you know it, they're writing paragraphs. God leads us step by step. Little by little. This is not only how God leads his people as a global community, but he leads us as individuals in the same way. And if you follow him, 
the Spirit will guide you into a more complete understanding of who He is and who you are. If you do a quick read of the Old Testament, the Exodus, and the journey in the wilderness of the the Hebrews, you may come away thinking that Moses was the main leader of the narrative. That is false. God manifested himself in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Numbers chapter nine, if you read from verse 15 and you go to the end of the chapter, it tells us that the children of Israel moved at the pace that God was leading. When the cloud of God's presence was above the tabernacle, they halted. When the cloud lifted, then they moved. They made progress as God led and as they followed. Now, what does this mean? Where are you going with this? Well, some people may be wondering why many churches are antiquated and outdated in their policies and practices, or why the acceptance and celebrations for a woman being installed to pastoral ministry are few and rare in many places in the global community of God. Here are the two reasons that I propose. Jesus, as he said, has many things to tell us, but there are many who cannot bear them now. You're now ready. And two, we have forgotten who the leader is and we have stopped following the cloud. The spirit has moved and instead of moving with him, we're halted. Stuck in the concrete of culture and societal norms. God is bigger than a box. The resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ has brought clarity to the Spirit of God being the leader of the ministry of salvation. And we must follow him. And in Acts chapter 10 and 11, the Spirit is trying to break an oppressive chain of Jewish culture. Look at verse 12 again. And the Spirit told me to go with them making no distinction. A result of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus is the breakdown of cultural barriers and obstructions to the way of salvation. Go with them, making no distinction. See, the Jews, they didn't engage with the Gentiles. They were different, unclean, their morals were off, the food that they ate, no, 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 we can't associate with them. They they, they don't abide with the purity laws. We are more elevated, we are God's chosen people. There are many differences between a Jew and a Gentile. The word, and for, for reference, the word Gentile in very simplistic terms, Here we understand it as just someone who is not a Jew for the purposes of this text. But, and even though being a non-Jew is is a very broad category, a non-Jew here. (laughs) 
The differences in food, in the belief systems, moral practices, and culture were vast. But one of the main differences was being circumcised or uncircumcised. Being uncircumcised implied being out of touch with the, the purity practices of the Jews and being unrelated to their great father Abraham. So Gentiles were unclean and not a part of the elite group of God's chosen people. And so this vision that Peter has of all of these animals on a sheet, he has this vision before he engages with Gentiles and I don't know if you caught it or not, but the vision is not really about food. It's not really about food. It's about people. It's about people. The laws used to categorize food or specifically animals and and their meat were used to categorize people and by doing so, elevated one group over the other. You know what happens when we categorize human beings in ways that don't elevate their humanity or their dignity? You get mass shootings at supermarkets in Buffalo, New York. You get imbalanced systems and crooked justice. You get systemic oppression. You get a focus on power instead of compassion. This is not the way of the kingdom of God. Make no distinction. The spirit leading Peter into a clearer understanding of God's mission said, look Peter, when it comes to the gift of salvation, make no distinction. The gospel shouldn't cause you to disengage with others who are unlike you. It should cause you to engage with others who are unlike you. Peter, you've been doing it all wrong. You're no different. And unfortunately, so have many of us. Human beings, we are, we're prone to, to cliques. We're prone to staying with those who, who are like ourselves. And God is asking us to broaden our understanding of what it means for someone to be like you. Human to human. But I want to take this one step further. If the gift of salvation is for the entire world, then the spreading of the message of salvation is for everyone who has received that gift. To receive the gift of salvation, believe in Jesus Christ, you and your house will be saved. And in the spreading of this, if you've received, you're spreading, but in the spreading of this, make no Distinction, it doesn't matter who's spreading, it matters if you have the experience. Whether Jew or Gentile, whether man or woman, make no distinction. 
Ephesians 4, 8 says that when Christ ascended, he gave gifts to humanity, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some shepherds, some teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity and a deeper knowledge of the Son of God. When God gave out gifts, he didn't look for distinctions. The Bible says he gave gifts to humanity. He didn't look to see if one was circumcised or uncircumcised. He didn't look to see if one was a man or a woman. He simply gave a diversity of gifts. Don't let cultural interpretations of gender roles confine you to a limited understanding of the mission of God. If God would go so far, excuse me, if the creator of the world would go so far, excuse me, if the creator of the cosmos would go so far as to come down to a flesh, human, dust, to die for you and for me, then sending a messenger in the form of a woman is a, is a very little thing. In fact, he sends donkeys. He sends birds. He sends everything under heaven on his mission. It's a small thing. It is a small, small thing in comparison to what God has laid down to save the world. He'll use anything. Don't expect that that is out of God's realm of possibility. In fact, all of creation is able to be reached and used in the capacity as the creator sees fit. The Holy Spirit makes that clear. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is acceptable and perfect. And speaking of discernment, watch this. Look at, look at verse 13. And he told us, so this is Peter speaking, and he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who was called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? I like that. The resurrection and ascension of Jesus 
allowed followers to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and not only that, to be able to spot it in others as well. It says the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. Those who are familiar with the work and moving of God, with the work and moving of the Spirit, those who have experienced God in the Spirit themselves, these people should be able to identify the similarities in the experience of others. This is how Peter knew. He said, the Spirit fell on them just like it fell on us. If you've experienced the Spirit, you'll know if another one has the Spirit as well. So then Peter says, if God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Remember the last time Peter tried to stand in God's way? I don't know if you remember. In the Gospels, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was telling them, look, this is what's about to happen. I'm going to go to the cross I'm gonna die, and then I'm gonna raise in three days. And Peter interjects, he jumps in, and he tries to tell Jesus, no, never, it's not so. You know what Jesus said? Get thee behind me, Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. Those who try to stop the mission of God are doing a work of the adversary. Don't stop me. I'm going to the cross. Don't stop me. And don't get in the way of where God is working and on who he's working with. Don't stop me. Peter had learned his lesson, who am I? How can I get in the way of God? It's usually the people who have little familiarity with the spirit of God or the plan of God that like to oppose him. They become obstacles, not only for the people in whom God has poured their spirit, his spirit, but they become obstacles in God's mission of reaching the world with the message of salvation. You're holding us up. When Peter saw something that he knew that without a shadow of doubt was of God, he had his answer. And for some reason, the Jews thought that, that God's pouring of the Spirit was, was exclusive to Jews only, that this work was somehow reserved. And for some reason, we sometimes think that God's ministry is reserved for particular groups of people. Until that one day when the Spirit steps outside of our small-minded boxes and shows us differently. Salvation reaches all, and the spreading of the message includes all in the way that God sees fit. Jesus said to the Jews, if you knew my father, you would love me. I imagine that could also go with, 
If you knew the work of the Spirit, you would follow my lead. The resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ was the catalyst for clarity and understanding the work of the ministry. So what does this mean? It means that whoever you are, wherever you are, from whatever walk of life that you're from, if you believe in the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice on your behalf, you're a minister. You're a minister, you don't need a platform. You have become a part of now partnering with God to spread light in the world, to spread truth and love, to show another way, to break down oppressive structures and remind the world that we are one in the spirit. And you are to use whatever gift God has given you in the fullest capacity to make that happen. Whatever you've been given, that is what you use. Clarity. The rest of the New Testament just keeps clarifying the things that we've already heard and didn't understand. He, he begins to expound on it, to reveal, to paint this bigger picture of exactly what God is trying to do. It's not about people. It's not about the work of these, these figures and characters. They're secondary. All through the book of Acts, the Spirit said, the Spirit sent me here, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit of God is leading in this mission. And he brings clarity. He brings clarity. And he asks that when he moves, you move. And when he halts, you halt. And when you see his blessing and presence upon someone, you affirm it. The book of Acts ends abruptly. We don't get to see the rest of the story. I think there's a number of ideas of why, but the Holy Spirit, who is leading and guiding them into all truth, right? into a bigger, fuller picture of understanding God's mission, we don't get to finish reading about it because we're supposed to be experiencing it. We're, we complete the book of Acts. That is the completion, the process of understanding the bigger picture of God's mission will continue to unfold until he comes again. And so sometimes, maybe we wish we could have, could have had this information sooner so we wouldn't keep jamming our feet into small holes. But now that we see bigger, we take our feet and we put them in bigger spaces and allow for more room. And allow for more room. Clarity. Clarity. 
How many of us want the Holy Spirit to lead us into more clarity in our lives? To get a clearer picture of what God is doing in the world and in our hearts. Is that your desire? Then may God allow it to be your experience.